You're listening to Spark Hustle Flow, the podcast that teaches money pros to launch, grow, and yes, even scale your virtual financial service business. And I'm your host, Kimberly Stevenson. Let's dive in and get started. Let me ask you something. Do you struggle to come up with a clear, concise, executable content plan for your financial services business? Does creating engaging content feel like you're just throwing spaghetti on a wall, hoping that at least one noodle sticks? I know I've been there in the past, and frustrating doesn't even begin to describe the feeling that I've had. It can feel more like despair or angst if you sit in that space for too long. In this week's episode, my guest, Janae DeFelicis and I are helping you get off the content struggle bus and we're giving you a ticket to ride the smooth rails of the consistent content train. As a business branding and burnout coach, Janae serves coaches, consultants, experts, and service providers at every stage of the solopreneur journey, from day job to day dream. She's passionate about helping others stress less, smile more, and gain the time and financial freedom to do what they love to do from anywhere in the world. Janae and I collaborated over on Clubhouse, and we had so much fun as she dropped the juice. It just was a no-brainer to bring her on the podcast to share some of her jewels with our audience here too. She's a wellness and self-care junkie who strives to promote happy, healthy, and wholesome living throughout her content. And so along with her being an influencer and content creator, she's a freelance contributor with bylines in the Healthline space as well as other publications. Are you ready to jump into this week's topic? I know I am. Let's go listen to episode 18, the one about creating a content marketing plan for your financial services business. Hey, Janae, how are you today? Hi, Kimberly. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. The weather is absolutely incredible here in North Carolina today. The sun is shining and I'm excited that it is this, the summer is just really progressing well. So it's a good day for me. I'm glad to hear that. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So we talked about who you are and what you do in your bio, But I also wanted to take a moment to ask a quick question because I took a quick peek at your Instagram and you you are labeled, you have yourself labeled as a business branding and burnout coach for solopreneurs, but you focus on things like content strategy. And so how did that really come about? Yeah, Um, so it came about based on uh, my journey as a solopreneur, I have a background in digital marketing that spans a total of five years, both on the brand side and the agency side. Um, I've helped multiple service-based uh, providers convert their lurkers into leads with mouthwatering copy and turn their, turn their followers into raving fans with irresistible content. Um, and basically, um, I left the corporate space back in 2018 to branch out on my own and become my own boss. And um, with that, there were a lot of um, 
learning curves mm -hmm. on how to succeed as a solopreneur. And so um, I kind of thought that with the branding side of what I do as a coach, I can incorporate, I could incorporate um, my knowledge and my expertise of content marketing, of copywriting, of social media, of SEO, things that I had been doing for years professionally for, for my um, employer's clients and for previous employers, I thought that I could, I could incorporate that into what I do as a branding coach. And it fits so perfectly because uh, content um, both content and messaging, they play such a huge role in uh, branding, personal branding, especially. I think that that's absolutely incredible. And first of all, let me just say congratulations on uh, making the leap away from corporate. I think that that's awesome. I know that that's a big decision for so many uh, emerging entrepreneurs. And I'm always inspired when I meet another woman of color who is just really doing the darn thing. So congratulations and kudos to you for that. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. And so let me ask this. Because I know when I first got started in the business, especially in the online space, I really was confused as to what the differences were between things like email marketing and content marketing and SEO and that sort of stuff, um, especially my focus was it's really on the finances, right? And so marketing was not necessarily my thing. I did okay in my marketing classes uh, while I was in school and everything, but I didn't really um, pay as much attention. And so can you help us understand what the real difference is between something like content marketing versus email marketing? Mm -hmm. are, they, are they the same or are they different? So email marketing is a form of content marketing. Content marketing is basically um, any vehicle, um, any content related vehicle that's used for the purpose of uh, promoting your business uh, or selling an offer. And email marketing falls into that category. Um, with content marketing, um, most businesses have a funnel where there are different stages um, of the buyer's journey. And there are um, types of content that correlate with that. And usually email marketing falls in the um, nurture stage of a content marketing funnel. Gotcha. Okay. So let's back up because I know some of my listeners are taking notes. <laughs> I know how we think. So you said a few things that I want to, I definitely don't want us to skip over. So okay. the first thing you said was in a funnel. What's a funnel? Yes. So a funnel is basically um, a step-by-step so funnel is basically a a step by step. So a step by step is it like a process to kind of take folks through the buyer's the stages? Journey. The, okay, that's the other thing that you said. So the buyer's journey, yes, and that is from the start of like how they get to know you when they are they become aware that you even exist. All the yeah, way that's to from where you make yeah. the sale. Mm -hmm. That's from the awareness stage of where they they don't know you just yet, um, and they happen to come across you by way of either social media or um, 
uh, press that you've done or a press that you're featured on, whether okay. it be like an article that you're on or a podcast that you're on, like, like what we're doing right now to the, um, either the conversion stage or, you know, some companies, they even add, um, the retention stage to their funnel to where they've already converted, um, a lead to a client or a customer and they want to focus on keeping those customers. Okay. And so just for clarity's sake, there are different strategists and coaches who focus on uh, different things as, as far as marketing goes. So there are folks like yourself who focus on the content piece of it. And then there are folks who actually focus on like the sales process or the more of the funnel and the steps to get people from like, or the strategy to get people from when, when they first meet them all the way through their process. Right. And so that's how I see it. Um, you have some marketers who are specialists and then you have some marketers who are general generalists. So the specialists, you may see that they only offer um, email marketing as a service or social media or even Instagram uh, marketing services or uh, someone who um, helps with copy and messaging and things like that. And then the generalists, they're usually someone who offers pretty much um, everything done for you from the strategy to the implementation of the strategy to uh, the management and measurement and evaluation of your campaign. So it really depends. Um, some coaches prefer to work with specialists and some coaches prefer to work with generalists who are kind of like a Jack or Jane of all trades um, mm -hmm. and who can walk them through uh, the entire uh, steps of uh, creating a marketing strategy to implementing it and, and all that jazz. Gotcha. Okay. And so from a uh, challenge standpoint, when you're working with your clients and, and or from a content standpoint, when you're working with clients, what are some of the biggest or most frequent challenges that you, that your clients have when it comes to creating their content marketing strategy? Mm, the biggest challenges. Um, I would say nailing down and knowing who their actual target audience is, meaning who it is that, um, that they want to talk to, that's actually going to engage with their content, that's going to resonate with their content, and that's actually going to be interested in the content that they have to offer. Um, that along with, um, prioritizing the types of content to uh, put out there to attract their target audiences. Um, because you have some clients, some clients who will come in and say, oh, I want to do, I want to do like a blog post every day. I want to do um, this. I want to do that. And mm -hmm. haven't really pinned down a strategy of why you're actually doing these things. Um, there's like no, um, strategic, th there's no strategy behind the content that they're wanting to put out there. They're just wanting to put out content for the sake of doing it. Um, mm -hmm. and, and it doesn't work that way. There has to be a strategy behind the content that you're putting out. What happens when there's not? 
Um, when there's not, you're kind of just all over the place and your content is kind of not doing what you had intended for it to do, which is to attract potential clients, um, to get them to opt into your email list, to, um, nurture them into, um, and nurture them and warm them up for, um, your offer so that they can convert to a client or customer, um, so if your content is not achieving those goals for you, if your content isn't, you know, if in every stage of the content funnel, if it's not, if, if, if the content is not doing the job of, of bringing them to the next stage and the next stage and the next stage, then uh, you're kind of just um, wasting your time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I know that that's one of the struggles that I help my clients through is really figuring out who their their target audience is and who their ideal what their ideal client is like and what their needs are because um, I work primarily with bookkeepers and our listenership is is just general money pros for the, for this podcast but I pr- primarily work with bookkeepers and what I hear all the time is. Well, I'm a ba- I'm a basic bookkeeper. I can I can do the books for any client, right? And every business owner needs bookkeeping, and and while that's probably true, <laughs> it's also true that when you are just putting out general content that any and everyone can consume, it really isn't doing the things that you mentioned. It's really not attracting the right person who is ready to buy from you or who will soon be ready to work with you, um, you know, with your service, the services and things that you offer. And so you're almost like not talking to to anybody, right? Because you're trying to talk to everybody. And so um, I completely can see, you know, what you mean by that. And so, would you say that that's absolutely like the first thing that you need to do when you're trying to develop your content marketing strategy is to know who it's for? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You have to know who your target audience is, um, even down to creating buyer personas. What are their demographics? What are their uh, psychographics? What are their behavioral um, traits? So that you can really get down to, okay, who is my dream client? And um, how can I, um, how can I, uh, how can I mess, how can I word my content in a way that's going to resonate with them? That's going to, that they're going to, in a way that's, they're going to relate to, um, the content in a way and in a way that's going to spark their interest, um, spark their curiosity about what Mm -hmm. I offer as a coach or as a consultant. Absolutely. And so, um, I, I just, I have these conversations all the time about whether I, whether clients are ready to specifically uh, niche down or not, and then how content marketing plays into that and whether that means like if I, if I fully describe my target audience or my ideal client, then that means that I'm specifically choosing a niche from the beginning. And, and it doesn't, I don't, I don't, I'm not of the belief that that's what that means. I just think knowing who you're talking to gives you that clarity that allows you to really position yourself in the market as an expert, 
connect with the types of people who you really who really light you up and who you can really serve and help but it doesn't necessarily mean i only work with this particular bucket of individuals or like these particular this particular industry um it doesn't necessarily mean that when you're doing that for your content marketing strategy it just means that you you know what a lot of the pain points that the people are that you're that you want to work with are right Mm -hmm. yeah okay yeah. So, and the thing about niching down is you can always expand your niche as you grow, as you um, kind of hone in on, you know, hone in on um, perfecting the marketing and the messaging for one niche, you can kind of focus on the next and the next and the next. And also when you have different niches, like say, um, if you serve both solopreneurs and uh, small businesses, those are kind of like two different niches because one is it's just like one single entrepreneur who's kind of, who kind of wears multiple hats in their businesses and who kind of like does everything on their own. And then the small business, they may have a team who wears different hats. So those are kind of like two different audiences. Um, It's okay to have different niches it's you'll just want to make sure that the marketing and the messaging is is um customized and tweaked to those two audiences like you'll want to have different email lists you'll want to have different freebie offers to um, attract those different target audiences because they're going to have different needs Gotcha. That makes perfect sense. Okay, so let's let's switch gears just a little bit and talk about kind of the execution of <laughs> of content marketing. So I asked this question of you because I know that I have a particular style and it's it doesn't seem to be like everybody else's. So I'm going to ask you, are you a more of a, of a pre-planned content person or are you a kind of fly by the the your feelings of the day content person when like you're creating your content do you do it on the fly or are you more of a it's planned out for however long that's a good question for me I'd say it's a mix of both kind of like a hybrid model it's always good to have content planned ahead it's always good to have like a blueprint or strategy so that you have some guidance and direction on how to create cohesive content that's always on brand and that is always relevant to what you offer as um, a coach or consultant but at the same time along with having uh, content that's already scheduled in advance, it it never hurts to leave room for that on the fly content. Like for instance, if you if you run across if if one day you're like, oh, it's National So and So Day, this would be a good trending topic to jump on uh, for engagement purposes. There's nothing wrong with creating content on the fly for that. Or um, if you're doing like day in the life content. That's extreme. That um, day in the life content um, is a great content bucket uh, for social media, especially because it gives your audience a peek and a glimpse inside of um, 
who you are and what you do as a coach or consultant. So if you're um, at a client meeting or if you're speaking at like a conference or a workshop or something like that, um, you could, you know, do like a, like an, a sto- an Instagram story about that or posting, hey, look at me, look at what I'm doing. Um, and yeah, that kind of stuff, like that's, those types of content buckets are really good for like on the fly content. I love it. And so I, I, in the effort to really make it relevant to our main listenership. So here's how I see that. So we have tax professionals, right, that are a part of our audience and so and bookkeepers and and accountants and everything. And so it's so easy to follow like the calendar of the, the IRS calendar and create content around, you know, tax day is coming or it's time to do your sales tax returns or um, things like that. It's time to close the books for the end of the month or reconcile the bank statements or whatever. So those are kind of those calendar day driven content topics. Um but it's also really good that, like you said, a day in the life or behind the scenes, throw some of that type of content in every now and again um, to really just like spice it up a little bit and um, and and to you know keep things fresh. But I'm, I'll tell you, um, and then I'll ask your opinion on what kind of how you recommend to your clients to do it. My biggest struggle is I plan out all of my content um, in advance and then I don't stick to the plan at all. Mm. Like I, I'll have an entire month's worth of content really like outlined and this is what I'm talking about on this day and all of that. And I just don't stick to it because I wake up that morning and I'm like, I don't feel like talking about that today or whatever the case may be. But I'm the same way with the clothes. Like I I was never that person who could plan like my wardrobe for the week. You know, I know people who are like, pick out your clothes for the week and that's what you wear to work this week or whatever. I was never that kind of person because I don't know what I'm feeling like, what I'm going to feel like the morning that I wake up. And so, but it's also stressful like if I don't have a plan, I'm super stressed, right? Because I'm yeah. like, oh snap, what am I going to talk about today? Kind of thing. So that's my struggle. Um, and so I'm curious to know if you have worked with clients that have my same struggle. Yeah. I mean, that's why they hire content marketers like me because they don't have time to actually handle the implementation part of the strategy. Um, but for someone who prefers to do their own content marketing, I'd say take the planning process um, a step further and actually batch your content creation efforts, like take um, one day out of the month or one day out of the week to actually um, shoot photos, record videos, put your captions together, put your hashtags together, hashtags together and schedule them in a platform like a co-schedule or a sprout social or I, I really like co-schedule because um you in addition to having in addition to the ability to schedule social media content you can also schedule um mailchimp emails you can schedule um blog posts um co-schedule they just integrate with a lot of different platforms and it's just a great tool for um, putting like your uh, content marketing prompts 
and mm-hmm. your actual content in one place. Gotcha. Okay. So it's so funny that you say, you know, take a day to batch your content out. Cause I'm, I'm totally on the struggle bus a lot of times when it comes to my content, I have content that's like planned out, written full blog posts and, and captions and things like that. My struggle with that is finding the right image to go along with those posts. And it's, mm. it, it's so time consuming for me, especially if you're using um, stock photos using stock photos, right? Yeah, it's so time consuming to find just the right image to go with it. And then do I need to take that image and go into Canva or some other platform and, and you know, put make it make it so it's quote unquote on brand. Um, and so you're right. That's why people like me hire people like you <laughs> to do those kinds of things, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can be stuck on like Unsplash or any of those stock photo sites for hours trying to find the right stock photo. I mean, I've been there. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. So let me ask you this and then we'll jump into our rapid fire this or that. Let me ask you this. So as a as an expert, how far in advance do you recommend that you build your strategy out? Like, is it, should you plan your strategy out at least at a very high level for the year or a quarter? Or how, how do you recommend? I'd say at least six months because that's the minimal, minimum amount of time that it takes to see a return on investment with your strategy, especially if you're incorporating SEO into the content strategy, which is extremely important, um, especially with website content, um, because you know, when you put out blog posts and even when you put out, if you're doing YouTube um, and, you know, even with Pinterest, like those types of platforms, um, um, they, they amplify content that um, is keyword that, that, that incorporates the correct keywords with uh with the content, that makes mm-hmm, sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, um, so you said six months. Yeah, at least six Th- months. That's so interesting. I'm so glad you said that because I don't know that I've actually heard someone share and like this, like that estimate, right? Because so often we want overnight success, or over mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know put something out and in a week, um, be able to see some kind of ROI on that. Right. But if we're being really, um, honest with ourselves and conservative in you know, how we see things, we need to make, we need to make sure that we have a solid, um, clarified plan that will, and cohesive plan that will work for about six months then. Yeah. that's, That's good. Yeah, it, it takes time to see an, um, a return on investment with content because studies show that it takes at least um, six to eight marketing touch points to even convert a lurker to a lead. And a marketing touch point is basically any interaction between you and a potential buyer that leads to progress in their buyer's journey. So that could be like a blog post or a social media post. And so each marketing tactic that you utilize counts as a touch point. So think about it. It takes more than just posting like a social media post here and there or a blog post here and there or like an email newsletter inconsistently 
you know, to generate leads, you got to be willing to play the long game in order to establish a solid presence as a thought leader and to, like I said, see a return on investment with your content marketing efforts. I think that that's, that's so on point. It's funny because um, as of the time of this recording, I was, I just had a conversation with um, my significant other last night and I was telling him that I was recording podcast episodes today. And his question was, um, are you making money on that yet? And I I think it's a fair question, right? (laughs) Um, But what I said to him was, you know, well, there's a whole strategy around, you know, releasing podcast episodes. And we've been going now, as of the time of this recording, we've been going for about three months. And so um, right now, the focus of the podcast for me, this is, this is giving you guys a little bit of kind of insight into our business strategy is really um, helping people learn more about the Spark Hustle Flow brand, learn more about uh, the brands of the guests that we actually interview. It's a way of really just getting um, the visibility that we need for the brand. And so um, while it it sort of ruffled my feathers, I'll tell you the truth, you know, that he (laughs) asked the question because it's like, that's not even the point necessarily right now, you know, but I I mean, I I get how he thinks, like why he thinks that the way that he does, but I'm, I'm definitely going to make sure that he listens to this episode. Like, <laughs> Johnne said six months, dude, six months. <laughs> yep. And I mean, it's marketing at the end of the day. And I, what's so funny is I don't, I think that some people don't even realize that it's marketing. They don't realize how big of a deal that content is. You know, they say content is king and that could be farther from the truth because that is like the biggest piece of the digital marketing puzzle. Mm -hmm. If you really want to win at digital marketing, then you have to have a solid content strategy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good stuff. All right. So do you want to play this or that? Yes. Okay. No thoughts. First thing that comes to your first answer that comes to your mind. Okay. Okay. All right, let's go. And this is the summer edition. And just so everyone knows that what I'm trying to do this summer is ask all of our guests the same questions, because I think it would be really cool to kind of look back at the end of the summer and, um, and, and just see how everybody answers. Okay, so ready, set, let's go. Flights or road trips? Flights. Mexico or the Caribbean? The Caribbean. Poolside or beachside? Beachside. Sundresses or shorts? Sundresses. Cocktails or smoothies? Smoothies. Jet skis or parasailing? Jet skis. Flip flops or strappy sandals? Strappy sandals. And ice cream or popsicles? Popsicles. Okay, you did great. <laughs> that was fun. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> and I love it. I love to tell people you can't think about the answer. You just have to go with your gut right. and tell me. <laughs> uh, I cannot wait until we get to the end of the summer and we can really kind of just listen to everybody and, and just I think it'll be so much fun to see um, you know, how people spend their summers. So all right, <laughs> awesome. So you mentioned co-schedule as a platform to help you with your um, with the implementation of your content marketing strategy. So does it also help you automate 
your posts and things like that? You mentioned that for like MailChimp, but does it also help you automate your posts for like social media? Or yes. Scheduling those? Okay. All the social media platforms, or at least all the main ones. So Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, Facebook, all of them. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. And so I have just a couple more questions and then we'll start to wrap up. So there's obviously a difference when you, when you're talking about content, like the types of content that you put out. And so one of our struggles as financial professionals, money pros, as I affectionately call us, is that we rely very heavily on educational content right? Mm -hmm. We rely super heavily on here are the rules, follow the rules. This is why, or this is what a balance sheet is. This is what a profit and loss statement looks like. And sometimes I believe that that sort of content can be a few different things for our, for our audiences. It can be, it can tend to be uh, dull, (laughs) frankly. Um, It can be overwhelming sometimes it can you know kind of evoke negative emotions because not everybody wants to learn how to be an accountant or wants to really fully understand like all of the intricacies that go along with um the the tax preparation side or the bookkeeping stuff and so I know that there are other types of content. I'm going somewhere with this. So there's like educational content, entertainment type of content and like inspirational, motivational type of content. And so is there some rule of thumb um, with how much, like how do you, um, how much entertainment content you wanna have in your plan versus how much educational content? Do you have any thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. Um I learned this actually when I first uh, began my career in marketing. It's 80% entertaining content, 20% promotional slash educational. Okay. Say that again. Yes. So 80% entertaining content and 20% promotional slash educational content. Okay, girl, we, I think as money pros, we have that totally backwards yeah I think I think what I see this is this is anecdotal okay I haven't done any scientific studies but I'm willing to bet you what I see on most uh, especially like social media content is educational it's it's hardly no entertaining content it's like mm. we we have this need <laughs> to prove that we're smart, that we know what we're talking about, that we follow the rules. It's not. It's just for me, it so much of it is such it's about teaching people. It's about educating them on what they need to do or what they aren't doing correctly. And I especially in my Facebook group, I preach this all the time. Can you stop beating people over the head with the IRS regulations and just have some fun and let your personality really shine through for once and for all? I just think we struggle with that so much. And so I appreciate you sharing that. So 80% entertaining, mm-hmm. 20 or yeah, 80% entertaining and then 20% promotional slash educational. 
Yeah. And um, I got to sh- give a shout out to my friend, Charlotte Dar, who is a money coach. Um, for those who are listening, I encourage you to check out her Instagram. It's um, at Save Live Thrive because she has this content strategy, like financial content strategy thing down to a T. Like she really knows how to turn, um, like you said, like a boring dual topic into something that's entertaining, into something that's um, humorous, into something that's relatable. Mm-hmm. And I know that on her Instagram specifically, she does a lot of like, reels um you know you can also do videos on tiktok and um, basically just like making the topic of finance into like bite-sized um kind of posts that kind of resonate that that her audience can relate to um Mm -hmm. and that they it kind of like forces you to reflect on Uh, the pain points, like the financial pain points that you may be dealing with, like student loans and things like that. Like Mm -hmm. she just makes a lot of like financial related, like relatable content for her target audience. And it's like, I love seeing her posts on my feed. And Mm -hmm. I know that she gets like a lot of engagement with the content she puts out. So yeah, I definitely recommend that you check out her Instagram page. And I'll make sure that we include her, the link um, or her Instagram uh, handle in the show notes um, as well, because I believe it can be done. I've seen people do it too. Um, It's just that the vast majority of us are still doing it the old fashioned way that you would see back in the 1980s or the 1990s. And it's like, okay, you guys, let's come on into, you know, um, into modern times and just do this a little bit differently, you know, and you, it doesn't mean like everybody's different. So I'm not a personal fan of all of the pointing and the dancing and all of that kind of stuff, but that's my style. But it also still doesn't mean that my content has to be, you know, something that puts you to that you could use to put you to sleep at night either. Right. Mm -hmm. And so everybody's different. And, um, and I just, I appreciate you sharing that with us because I think it's so important um, and and will help when you hear people say, well, I put so much content out and I just get crickets. That's because people aren't trying to be in an accounting and finance class. And that's what we seem like we're doing. Like we're some professor professor and that's what we're trying to teach. So let's stop doing that. Okay. Yes. And if your content looks like every other financial professionals out there, then how else are you going to stand out? It has to be unique. Exactly. Exactly. I think, I, I think that's so on point last question, and I think it really ties into what we were just talking about, because I don't want to give people the sense that, oh my gosh, now I got to start all over and, you know, recreate the wheel, start from scratch. I have all of this work done and it's not usable or whatever. That's the furthest thing from the truth. That's not what we're saying here. What I'm saying is there's a different way to communicate what you have, right? You can take like those dull, boring topics and you can kind of convert them into what can be considered entertainment. And so can we talk a little bit about what repurposing content is and how to kind of go about that in the easiest and probably most efficient way? Mm -hmm. Uh, So repurposing content is basically the practice of taking a topic and 
using that topic across different content marketing mediums. So um, you can use it um, on social media in one way and then use it differently on uh, with email marketing another way or with your uh, blog content one another way, uh, with your podcast content another way, um, if that makes sense. So yeah, so basically repurposing content is taking one topic and spreading it across, across all your different um, content mediums. Mm -hmm. um, the best way to do that, there's no one size fits all way to repurpose content. Um, it all depends on uh, your niche. It depends on your industry. It depends on a lot of different things, which is why I would suggest um, working with a content strategist who could put together a customizable um, repurposing strategy for you. Awesome. That's, that's incredible. Okay. And a great segue into how my how our listeners can actually connect with you as a as a content marketing strategist um what's the best way for them to reach out to you and to connect with you yes um so head over to copyservedfresh.com and get on my email list if you want some um exclusive copywriting and content marketing tips and advice. Um, I definitely recommend that, that you subscribe because uh, CopySurf Fresh, um, it's a service that caters to service providers, more specifically coaches, consultants, solopreneurs. So yes, feel free to it. subscribe to that list or you can find me on Instagram. I'm pretty much just John A across all of the different platforms. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Love it. And so we will make sure that all of those links are included in the show notes and um, that that way that our, our listeners can actually find you and connect with you and learn from you. I know I've used the word incredible at least a bazillion times during this episode, but I just think that everything that you share with us today has been just that absolutely incredible. And I so appreciate you spending time with us today. Um, sh sharing, you know, your experiences and your viewpoints on content marketing and how we can create better strategies or create a strategy from the beginning for those of us who have, you know, just kind of wake up and say, which way is the wind blowing? <laughs> what am I going to post about today? So I really appreciate you spending some time with me today, Johnette. Oh, my pleasure. And thanks so much for having me on. Awesome. All right, you guys. So that's it for this episode. Um, I hope that you've enjoyed it. Please come back and listen to um, our episodes next week. Uh, the other episodes that we have in this in in the particular in this particular series, which is all about marketing. Um, and we'll just we'll see you next time. Thanks so much. Remember, as always, be proactive, be productive, and be profitable. And you go on and have a great rest of your day. Bye bye. Hey guys. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Spark Hustle Flow podcast. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other money pros just like you find the show and learn too. And if you want to hear more from me, follow Spark Hustle Flow across all social media channels and subscribe to my newsletter at sparkhustleflow.com backslash newsletter to get regular updates on what's happening in my world, weekly business development tips, 
and personal lessons I'm learning that can help you too. Again, that's sparkhustleflow.com backslash newsletter. That's it for this week. Remember, as always, be proactive, be productive, and be profitable. See you next week.